All right, all right, all right, all tea, all shade, all pink lemonade, hunty. Welcome to the show, welcome to the show, welcome to the show. First and foremost, I would like to thank everybody for joining us on our first episode of All Tea, All Shade with your girl, Retro Nigerian. (sighs) This week, we are going to be talking about um, the year of return to Ghana 2019. Um, This has been an event that has been in the works and that has been in the planning stages since the beginning of 2018. Um, The Guinean government had announced their plan to do all that they could do um, to be able to enable as many um, Black Americans specifically who were looking to go back home and kind of start delving back into the motherland and, you know, seeing what's really good. You know what I'm saying? And it seems like a really amazing opportunity um, for a lot of Black American folks who are abroad to be able to begin making those connections that we've been talking about on social media and kind of been hinting towards just through various social programmings that we have had um, circulating amongst the Black community and in, you know, Black popular culture as of recent. Um, And it seemed like just something good to kind of look into and just kind of check it out, you know, see what's really going on, like, like, what's really good, what's what's really good. So, um, based on the information that (laughs) your girl has come across, apparently, well, actually, first and foremost of all, (laughs) let me say this. I had no clue that the year of return was even something that was going down. Like, when I heard about the year of return and I seen that little Chris picture, I was like, hold on, time out. <laughs> when did we start planning this? Like, when, did, where, where were my antennas at, you know, when, when we was all talking about going to Ghana at the end of 2019, you know? But that's besides the point. Um, I'm really happy that this happened and I'm happy that there was such, you know, a push forward to try to get as many people as possible um, to pop up in Ghana, you know, and to just kind of begin retracing our steps and retracing our ancestry. Among some of the most notable folks who were there, of course, the very, very sexy Boris Kojo. <laughs> he actually hosted one of the main events during um, the year of return. Then we also had Nicole Ari Parker, Kojo's wife, who was also there. Michael J. White, of course, the Obamas were there. Steve Harvey, Luda, just just a whole bunch of just awesome ass black people that were, you know, in that thing. Um, and it was really good. It was an event that was filled with, um, they had a, I think they had like an Afrochella around that time, which is actually Ghana's response to Coachella. Um, and it's kind of like the African version and it's of course so much better. Um, there was just a lot going on, a lot of dinners, you know, a lot of pictures being taken, a lot of photo ops, you know, just, just, just all around good. Um, you know, <laughs> and, you know, as we're looking into it, um, you know, we've, we, we, we found some, 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 some kind of, some facts, you know what I'm saying? Some, some, some things, uh, that, that I think is important, 
uh, for us to discuss that, you know, that, that some of our folks are talking about. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, so let's get into it. <laughs> so, um, one of the things that we have run across when looking into uh, the year of the return, 2019 to Ghana, um, is that there are some Ghanaians specifically, not even just like, not African-Americans who visited Ghana, not other Africans or other foreign people, but Ghanaians themselves are kind of feeling like the, the year of return was not as impactful as it could have been. And that it's not necessarily geared towards um, the type of upliftment that we would like to see in the global Black community. Um, so I found this article uh, by Kwabenga Yaboa, um, which I will be posting on my Instagram, on the Instagram bio for All Tea, All Shade. So by the time that this podcast is is uh, produced, that um the link will be up there to this um to this op-ed article um and this article talks about the the history um of slavery uh within the western coast of africa specifically ghana um and it also talks about the things that ghana has done to make adjustments for the the influx of tourists that they were going to see. So we know that um, Ghanaian Immigration Services has increased uh, the amount of visas that they have given out. Um, altogether, Ghana has reportedly issued 800,000 800, visas this year um, to all nationalities, and all, and all nationalities uh, would have been eligible to, re- to receive this visa on arrival for the year of return. Um, and it, okay. So one of the, one of the issues that this, this article brings up that's actually on AfricanArguments.org is the fact that, um, that the year of return, the campaign itself has been solely focused on the transatlantic slave trade. Um, with the U with the United States. So when we there's two there's there's two different waves of slavery that happened, right? So the first one was the Trans-Saharan uh slave trade, which happened throughout North America, Europe, and the Middle East, and that was the time when we had um you know the Arab folks that were coming from the Middle East into Africa, and they were um enslaving people and they were snatching people up and transporting them back to the Middle East and and back to Europe. And then we had the transatlantic slave trade that happened, which is specifically focused on the the stealing of black bodies from African shores to uh to North America. So the article specifically calls out the fact that there was a lot of focus on the transatlantic slave trade and not enough of focus on the trans uh Saharan slave trade. So with this being the case, right? So the the article is making the argument that focusing solely on the trauma that the folks whose family members were transferred from um 
from West Africa to North America is wrong and it's it's not it doesn't give the whole picture of the amount of trauma that the black community is currently going through. So when we talk about just the transatlantic slave trade, then we're just specifically focusing on the black community in America. But if we want to talk about the enslavement of the black community as a whole and what black bodies have gone through everywhere in the name of slavery, then we can't just talk about the United States. We also have to talk about um, South America. We have to talk about the Middle East. We have to talk about other places in Northern Africa currently to this day where slavery to some form definitely still exists for people who are of um, African, like who are, like you can see for a fact, like, okay, I know for a fact that your ancestors are African as hell and you probably don't have any type of like Arab or anything mixed into you. Like that, those are like, those people, those people matter too. So this this article was making the argument that it was it it was a misstep and it was a miscalculation to not be able to include you know the Haitians to not be able to include the Jamaicans you know to not be able to include the Afro Brazilians and some people don't necessarily feel that that was of course you know the messaging but when we look at the way in which the the year of return was marketed and who exactly it was targeting. It was definitely targeted specifically towards the black American community. Um, and it, it didn't, it, it, it kind of, I guess in its marketing scheme, what this argue, what this article is, is arguing is that it didn't do a good en- enough job of, of being inclusive of, of, of all black people who had went through some form of slavery um, which is something that I honestly think is important if we want to talk about like black people healing and us, you know, being able to go back home and us being able to connect back with each other. Like first and foremost, we have to see each other as like part of being like as being part of one community, um, not as being part of like different sects of, you know, this one community. Um, so that was an argument that this article made, which I thought was really was really interesting. Um it also talks about how it takes away um, responsibility. Um, well, it, it takes away the ability for northern African countries to be res- to 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 be accountable in their actions and in what they did to perpetuate systems of slavery. Um, and then this article also talks about how um, the year of campaign also does not honor the memory of how systems of slavery were administered when they thrived. Um, It talks about despite the fact that much of enslavement took place in what is now northern Ghana, um, a lot of the commemoration activities have been confined to the southern part, particularly Accra, which is like the kind of sexier side of Ghana. (laughs) <laughs> so um not really focusing on um the the real everyday kind of parts of Ghana that people should get to see and should get to experience but kind of like more focusing more on like the glitzy glamorous like you know very well like where the instru- the infrastructure is very well built up and you probably won't really see too many slums you probably won't see too many people going through it 
Um, and at the end of this article, um, the author writes that the year of return campaign had the opportunity and a whole year to critically engage with the history of Africans and people of African descent in it, in its entirety. And on this, it felt short, which based on just the research that I have looked up um, and just what I have looked into, I, I'm, I'm feeling that way too. Um, when we talk about the pricing of even to get to Ghana, like just to travel to Africa in general, we already know is, is, is not expensive, but to get to Ghana this year, they talked about the increase. This article also talked about the increased number of the increase in the, in, in how much flights were, were to Ghana, not to mention how, uh, they had, increase a lot of the hotels had increased their hotel prices and things like that in order to be able to make as much money as possible and then there's there's actually even another article that I also found um that specifically talks about how the Ghanaian government has been how the Ghanaian government has been uh, embellishing is <laughs> the best way I can find for it. How the Guinean government has been embellishing their numbers. Um, so it was projected that when they initially started the campaign for a return to Ghana, it was projected that uh, they were going to have 200,000 extra international visitors. 1.5 million total number of visitors in 2019, and they were expecting $1.9 billion in extra tourist spending as statistical milestones for the year of return program. Um, but when we get to the numbers, uh, you know, <laughs> who, who really popped up, um, the raw data um, makes a very, you know, it paints a very different picture. So apparently at the last count, um, when they when they last uh, took in the data, it was only seven hundred and fifty thousand international visitors had made their way to twenty to to Ghana in twenty nineteen. Um, the uh, the authorities were projecting for total arrivals to be around one million, which obviously was it's not the case, <laughs> not the case at all. Um, and it seems that. The tourist spending was only about eighteen hundred to eighteen hundred to two thousand, right? Let's let's you know between that much per person, um. And when you do the math on that with the amount of tourists that were on hand, plus putting in account the fact that the city, which is Guinean, which is the Guinean currency, has actually gone down five percent since twenty eighteen. Um, tourist spending only accounted for about thirty million dollars. Uh, but they was talking about they was about to see some one point nine billion dollars. You know, it, it kind of just came out to thirty million dollars. <laughs> the team, right? You know, that's doing a little too much. Um, so this second article, um, that I have been that I'm that I'm currently talking about now. Um, from Quartz Africa is another op-ed as well. Um, and I've checked out the numbers and the numbers do check out. Um, 
And this one just really makes the argument for the need to constantly stay informed. So as us, as we black people are finding our way back home and as we are entering in these situation in these different countries, we also have to understand like a lot of these African countries, a lot of these like black nations, these current black day, black, the current day black nations, they are, they're not stable <laughs> to, to, to be really nice about it. Politically, economically, socially, very, very unstable. A lot, there's about, I believe about 15 countries, I'd have to check my math on that, um, but I believe about 15 countries right now um, in Africa that currently still pay colonial taxes to the French government. This means that when those nations, when they take an account of all the revenue that they've made at the end of the year, instead of it being their money that they can now use to boost their economy and use to improve infrastructure, they have to deposit it into the French central bank. And then when they want to use that money, the revenue that they made off their resources and their productivity, when they want to use that money, they have to take it out in the form of a loan uh, from the French government. So it's hard for, I know it's, it's a hard pill to swallow and it's, 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 it's a harsh realization to come to, but black folks in America, all over the world, like y'all have to understand that these African countries that you're going to, even Ghana, which is like the the most progressive country in Africa at the moment next to, I can't even say next to South Africa. South Africa is basically just a modern day European colony. But even a place like Ghana, like there's a lot of instability, infrastructural instability, economic and political instability due to the heavy foreign influences that exist from superpowers, European superpowers like France, like the UK, like the United States of America. And now in the last, I would say like five to six years, China has also put their name in that bag too. So please understand as you're going back home, you're going back to, to these countries and you're allowing yourself to get lost in the culture and in you know, the beauty and the everything, just understand that Africans, we African people, our African countries, we are like a hundred years behind what you would expect us to be. Like, we're not there yet. And the year of return Ghana was just, that was, to me, was, was just proof of that as well we're still a lot of African people first of all they don't even want to acknowledge slavery <laughs> they don't even want to they don't even want to talk about racism not to speak of the the effects that have come afterwards that they don't even want to acknowledge so we're all in a learning process and we're all trying to be the best version of ourselves so as to progress our community and to progress ourselves and our family. And the year of return to Ghana 2019 was just another example, in my personal opinion, of how the Black community, (laughs) to some extent, is still very much being taken advantage of, um, particularly by people who look just like us. Um, 
you know, it's great that a lot of people who aren't from Africa have so much reverence and so much, so much, you know, uh, nostalgia and just feel so good about African people. And uh, we're not perfect. Um, A lot of our foreign or a lot of our leaders, a lot of our government leaders aren't perfect. A lot of them are very corrupt and they don't have our best interests as at heart um as you know the natives of those african nations not to talk of you know people not to talk of people who are coming from outside of the country who don't know anything about the culture don't know the language nothing and they're just so willing and so open and so trusting um so while overall i'm really here for the year of return i strongly encourage everybody to go back home to do their thing to you know find out where they came from get connected to your roots but still have your eyes and your ears open um and still understand that like you are an agent for change wherever you go um and yeah that was that's uh that's you know that's that's the tea in the shade uh from the year of gone and no return 2019 um while on its face it was you know very highly uh boosted up and everyone's just very positive overall it's still we still have to look at the other side and we still have to understand that it's a good first step um but it's not the end all be all and it doesn't end here um, we have to continue to push forward. African people have to continue to push forward. And um, and we really do have to continue to, to be able to figure out like more genuine ways, in my personal opinion, to reconnect with each other. Um, not to say that this wasn't a genuine attempt. I just feel like because of all the superstardom surrounding it, and all the glitz and glamour and all the, you know, general sexiness surrounding it, it wasn't necessarily as impactful as it could have been in terms of actually healing trauma um but once again you know it's a good first step right so overall I'm definitely here for you know your return and I hope that everybody continues to plan their year of return, whether it was this year or in 2019 or whether it's in 2020, 2021, 2022, because I'm playing tickets, it's not cheap, boy. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> but whenever you're planning your year of return, um, just always make sure to stay informed. Like these articles that I found, it was a quick Google search. Like I was just scrolling through um, news articles that I had found on the topic. And when I got to the second page, that's when I started finding some of, uh, the op-eds that were written by actual Ghanaians, um, who were, who were kind of concerned, you know, that the Ghanaian government might, you know, in some ways be trying to take advantage of black Americans, um, in the form of, you know, economy. So, Yes, hunty. That is all the tea, all the shade on this particular topic. Um, please, 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 please drop a comment on the all tea, all shade Instagram page tea dot shade dot lemonade. Um, please, please, please. I'm gonna start taking. Um, I'm gonna start taking requests for topics soon. So if you have something that you want to hear me talk about, or you want to hear me research, or 
or or whatever it may be just just hit me up let me know slide in my dms yes they are open <laughs> um and yeah i uh i really hope you guys enjoyed this first episode of all to y'all shade um and i can't wait to continue um to do more with you all and you know it's it's, it's some crazy stuff happening you know he's talking about this world war three going on we didn't attack the wrong i'm gonna be talking about that too i'll be talking about that too y'all know i'm poly size my stuff it's my stuff so i'm gonna be talking about uh coming up next week world war three quote unquote um what the black community needs to know about the conflict that's been going on uh, between Iran, the United States, and basically Israel, honestly, like, be real about it. Um, and, and we're, we're really going to break it down and we're really going to talk about like, what's what, what are the facts? Like, what does this mean? Um, will the United States go to war? Honestly, they itching for it. So me, myself personally, I think we will. Um, but that'll be on next episode. So thank you guys for joining. I hope I'll catch y'all again. Once again, don't forget to follow t.shake.lemonade on Instagram. Share, join with your friends, you know. Just add me. <laughs> just 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 add me. Just 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 add me.